Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. I'm in Zephyr A, and Amanda's in Zephyr B. This is season 27 for me, and season 23 for Amanda. This is day 18 of season 95. Our first question asks for a style of uh, French architecture, I suppose, that is exemplified by a particular type of double-angled, high-pitched roof. Uh, this is not a frame. So uh, I had no idea, so I tried to think of French architects, and of course Eiffel is the one I could think of. Ah. I don't think that was him. Uh, no. So I tried to think of architectural features that I may not have realized were named directly after an architect. Mm -hmm. uh, and Dormer popped into my head. I know oh. there's like a Dormer window. Maybe there's also a Dormer roof. Okay, sure. It sounded vaguely French enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That in the absence of anything else, I'll go with that. I had much the same thought process uh, bring me to buttress. Um, and I know that's really more of a support system, but I thought, sure, why? That, that could be a vaguely mm. French-sounding name. Um, and so, truly... That's all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes <laughs> that's what I went with. flame and guess. Mm -mm. Yeah. Did not know this one on its face. Yeah. Yeah, it was Mansard, which... Okay, sure. I think I've heard of. I don't know that I ever would have really... I, I, I don't think I could draw one. Like, I don't... Even with the description given, I just... I, I, I don't understand entirely what that is. Yeah, I can neither confirm nor deny that I've ever heard of this yeah. person. Or his architecture Oh, I definitely style. have heard of the person. <laughs> I may have heard of the architectural style, but that's about it. Right. So, anyway. Question two asks us, who discovered the vulcanization of rubber? Ah, my old nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> so, those of you very into the minutiae of uh, this <laughs> podcast, which you should not be, go get something better to do. Um may recall that my first uh, Jeopardy game, uh, the only one that I won, of course, um, was ended on a triple stumper question, and it was about who invented a product called vegetable leather. Uh, right, um, right. And we all three guessed very plausible mm -hmm. uh, wrong mm -hmm. answers. Mine was DuPont. I was thinking of like nylon, maybe mm -hmm. that, that you know seemed like it could be likely. But no, it was Charles Goodyear. Mm. And so any question that uh, seems to relate to him, I will shake my tiny fist about and <laughs> uh, rend my garments. Um, but yes, no, that was immediately what I thought of uh, when this came up, because I, mm. the only thing I had a slight qualm about was, you know, was vulcanization really like I couldn't picture him being around in 1838. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that was a little bit of a hump to get over as yeah. far as, did I feel good about this answer, so to speak? Um, but I was certain that the falconization of rubber was this vegetable leather product that, you know, then got used in tires and that it was Charles Goodyear who, um, who came up with that. And so, uh, seething with, uh, suppressed <laughs> rage, I put down Goodyear. I must have had that way in the back of my head because I couldn't. <laughs> I I knew that it was either Firestone or Goodyear. Ah. Uh, and I I 
I tried convincing myself of each of them independently all morning. Okay. Thinking, okay, well, no, it couldn't be Firestone because that's not that. That's like a, a a description. That's like somebody trying to talk, you know, describe vulcanization or you know something kind of related to that. Okay. So that's not it. It's it's not Goodyear because it's not a name. That's just a, that's like a that's like, that's like a dumb advertising slogan that came to life and became a company. So okay, it's not that. But then the name Charles popped into my head. I thought Charles Goodyear. That sounds like a thing. It sounds like a person. That sounds like it could be it. Uh, I had forgotten that that was your uh, your first Jeopardy, your first final Jeopardy. I know your second oh, was about H.G. Wells. Right. Um, but also I, a triple stumper, I yeah, hasten to add. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I bounce back and forth. I'm like, Firestone, that, that just makes sense. I'm like, no, nah, that's about Vulcan. That's that's more that's that's more descriptive. It would just, it would be too perfect if the guy who discovered Vulcanization and named it after the Roman god of the forge was named Firestone. That's just <laughs> dumb. And then I thought, well... But on the other hand, every now and then that comes up. And I said, no, this is not 2022 when the writers have run out of ideas. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's just, just... Charles Goodyear kept kind of growing into that space in my brain that I knew this fact was in. Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah, okay. I guess I'll go with Goodyear. Yep. And our year will be good just like Goodyear's tires. Ooh, yeah. That was the correct answer. Um, and finally, Charles Goodyear has done me any service... <laughs> At this point, well, barely. Question three asks us to name either of the first two releases by the Criterion Collection and notes that they both chronicle the downfall of a larger-than-life main character. I love this question so much. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have gotten the second one if you, gave me a, if you gave me a week to think about it. <laughs> but the first one was absolutely Citizen Kane, 1941. Mm. That is when it came out. That is what it was about. It is... You know, has always been universally hailed as one of the greatest movies of all time. It was absolutely a natural for the Criterion Collection to start with. Right. That's it. Citizen Kane. Yeah, I much the same here. Um, I, you know, I'm not good at placing movies of that era in the proper year, but I thought 1941 is very plausible for Citizen Kane, and certainly any film buff who's going to go you know, restore or whatever and release um, what they consider important classic and contemporary films from around the world Mm -hmm. is probably going to start there or maybe with Casablanca or, you know, but I I knew I was pretty sure that that, you know, wasn't the very first, you know, I remember these coming out uh, as it mentions in the question um, on Laserdisc, that was, you know, a big deal, the big like 12 inch or whatever, it looked like a 12 inch sized CD for you kids out there who, <laughs> you know, weren't, weren't around back then. Um, and, and that was a whole weirdly like truncated, um, uh, status symbol type of thing to have as a laser disc player and all these great films, uh, in that medium. So, uh, I just figured Citizen Kane had to be one of them, especially with the description of the plot there. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't really think of a good choice for the second one, but it also ruled out something like Casablanca or mm-hmm. The Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, and so I went ahead and put down Citizen Kane as well. Yeah, I briefly thought one of the, the 
it might have been Wizard of Oz. But I that do remember that's 39. Yes. You know, the, the downfall of its larger-than-life main character, like... Not really. Not main character. Yeah. Instead of a, a larger-than-life character, I, I, I would have been happier about the possibility of that if I needed to, but I was much more certain of Citizen King. Right. The other one was King Kong. Yeah. Yes. Which is a hilarious way of describing yeah. that, that movie, <laughs> the downfall of its larger-than-life main character. Much, much more literal. Absolutely perfectly literal and hilariously so. Yes. So well done, Thorsten. Mm-hmm. Question four tells us Bandit, Chili, Bingo. It's Bluey. It's Bluey. <laughs> this, is the, the, uh, this question may as well have been, do you have a child who is under about 11? Yeah. Um, which we do, and we are therefore fortunate enough to be forced to watch uh, what is very possibly the best show on television, mm-hmm. certainly the best non-American show that I see, sure. that I've seen on a regular basis. Uh, if you if you have access to the Disney Channel or Disney Junior or Disney Plus or, frankly, YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, seek this out if you have not seen it. It is absolutely magical. It is made for... You, know, you, 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 you hear this is made for adults just as much as grown-ups. It has never been more true. Then Bluey. Uh, every single episode absolutely hits it out of the park. I can't remember a bad one. Oh, yeah. I can't remember even one that just kind of clunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like 11 minutes each and just absolutely fantastic. Cannot recommend it enough. And yes, the, the colorful puppy is Bluey, uh, who was also in the news recently because uh, there was a Bluey balloon in the macy's thanksgiving day parade i believe for the first time yes and apparently one of the announced teams uh did not realize that bluey was a girl mm-hmm. and, yeah misgendered and bluey naturally just figured oh the star of the show must be a boy dog mm. uh, so people were somewhat miffed about that for a brief time but, i'm i'm somewhat miffed about it myself yeah yeah um you know i in in and I will admit, though, too, it took me a while to realize mm-hmm. that Bluey was a girl when we started, when mm-hmm. our, our daughter, you know, started watching and, and we then started watching ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the terrific facts about the show is that it recognizes how, especially at younger ages, at, at pre-puberty ages, kids are pretty similar to each other, mm-hmm. like, you know, just across the board. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think of how our daughter at the bus stop which seems to be you know populated with lots of boys who want to run around and yell and act like squirrels and then mostly girls who don't except for ours (laughs) who you know is is just as active and laughing and yelling Mm -hmm. just as loud as them and um you know, just that's that's kind of her personality. There are a couple quiet boys there too, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, but yeah, this certainly um, all of what George says about the quality of the show absolutely endorsed. Mm-hmm. Um, just some of the best constructed entertainment I've ever seen. The animation is perfect. Mm-hmm. The um, music is beautifully mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Um, it is sweet and silly without being treacly. Mm-hmm. Um, it will make you cry, mm-hmm. you know, many a time in a good way. Um, and just it's, it'll restore your faith in humanity, mm-hmm. uh, even though they're dogs. Yeah. 
Um, mm. And it's just, it's it's charming all around. Uh, it's so charming that I think there even have been some some backlash pieces on Bluey of just sort of like, well, I'm a terrible parent now. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, because the parents on, well, a couple of things. The parents on Bluey are really good parents. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're not perfect. You know, they kind of mess things up from time to time. But they are hilarious and creative. And mm-hmm. um, they, they give you both lots of ideas that maybe you can make use of and also make you feel like, Oh my God, why can't I enjoy <laughs> playing with, you know, my kids quite like that. Although frequently they start those segments where the kids insist on playing what is clearly a game that they ran into the ground mm-hmm. and the parents are like, Oh, this not, again. <laughs> you know, not this again. Um, you know, not dance mode again um, or, or whatever it might the be. Bus. Yeah. Um, and so, and just every, like, there's a cast of thousands, too, oh, by yeah. the way, I should say. There's these yeah. four main characters, but there's all, every, you know, little cohort they have at their daycare is a different individual. Mm-hmm. Every neighbor, every extended family member, uh, you know, person that they meet, you know, by happenstance. Um, and all this, ama- you know, sort of very place-specific stuff. Um, to Australia. Uh, I understand that it was kind of started by the creator to be analogous to Peppa Pig, mm-hmm. um, because that's a very specifically British show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they wanted to do a version that was distinctly Australian. And it really is because you get to learn some fun, you know, slang terms like bin mm-hmm. chicken and yeah. um, all sorts of. What's that? Dunny for toilet. Right, right. Yeah, there's there's many more, and I'm mm-hmm. forgetting them too. Um, and so, yeah, just just no matter what age you are, whether you have kids or not, give it a try. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll you'll be surprised, and it'll be a nice little um, change of pace from you know very serious television. So that was clearly the correct answer. Yes, it was the correct <laughs> answer. <laughs> To the question of, do you have children? Yes. Um, and so moving on, I guess, to a totally different uh, <laughs> sort of question. Uh, question five asks us for uh, the English name of a region in Eastern Europe that is known in German as Überwald. Uh, and, and is currently known as Siebenbergen. Yes. Uh, I confess, and the reason I know this is because of Terry Pratchett. Oh. Uh, his uh, his vampires all come from a darkly forested nation called Uberwald. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> um, so that as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, this is about Transylvania. Ah. Uh, I, I, I don't know whether I would have got it. I think the geographic and literary region might have tipped me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, I, I don't know that I would have been able to think of another Eastern European literary region as right, such, right. but uh, but Uberwald definitely uh, definitely pushed it over for me. Okay. So I, you know, initially read this through and my brain tried to think of German places specifically. Like, is this Bavaria? Is this the Black Forest? Is like, you know, and I had to really... Um, as I was putting in the questions, like I had thought through my question answers fairly early in the day 
And then, you know, my day got kind of scrambled around a little bit. Um, and so I was filling out the answers, I think at lunchtime, maybe. Anyway, several hours later. And I came back to this question and thought, there is so much in here. I had better slow way down <laughs> and read all of the parts of this and be sure I'm clear on what's being asked. Um, because it, you know, talks about German names and language a couple of times, but kind of tucked in there is the fact that it's a region in Eastern Europe and it's not necessarily in Germany. It just has a German, you know, uh, name that's, uh, comes out as Uberwald and it, it took me a while like I, initially I had in there uh, I think Oberlin thinking it was related to like yeah, okay. how we have an Oberlin college and sure, sure. you know that's kind of just the Englishization of um, that word um, but then I kind of repaid attention to the parenthetical reference to Latin and the the geographic and literary region I thought well Uber, I would think of as like over, but Vald is forest. And I, you know, I don't totally know how I know those things, except that Uber sounds just, you know, looks and sounds just like over. Um, and so I thought over a forest, like what, you know, somehow my brain kind of finally did the whole math there <laughs> and said, if I'm translating that into a literary area, that's in the forest or maybe through the forest. Oh, then we're talking about Transylvania. And that sounds both English and Latin enough. It's geographic and literary. That's got to be it. So that's what I put down. And that's what it was. Whew. That's a good point. I didn't think of that until after uh, I'd, I'd answered and thought, oh, yeah, Uber, ah. over as in across, as in farther yeah. than. So. So like from one side to the other, yeah, trans uh, transalpine Gaul, cisalpine Gaul means over the Alp Alps. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yep. Question six gives us a list of foods served at a particular meal. Right, and if you know this meal, you know it with the first two words, which mm -hmm. are bitter herbs, mm -hmm. um, and the the rest of the list is also uh, describing all the elements of a Passover seder. Um, and this is one where I, I, we have Jewish people in our family, many Jewish family, you know, friends and colleagues. Um, and so it's just something that I've heard about. Um, you know, I, I, I can't say where I learned this because I feel like I've known it for a long time. I wouldn't say I've known it like since I was a kid or anything, but definitely, a solid decade plus into my adulthood here, I think. Um, and so I've never been to a Seder, but I, I know all these elements, uh, particularly I think because, you know, at the time of year that you have a Seder, which is of course Passover, uh, lots of, um, you know, probably really, I know this through food and through being interested in recipes and, you know, people post various things that you can serve at the Seder that fit these descriptions so that you have all of the proper elements, you know, that are actually on the table that, that people are having as part of the kind of ceremonial meal. Um, and so I, I knew this was a Seder. So that's what I put down. Yeah. Same here as far as getting it in the first couple of words, mm -hmm. uh, 
the if if it hadn't been for that, I don't know that I necessarily would have gotten it. Other than I know mm. that a satyr has kind of very particular, I won't say requirements, but like features. Right. <laughs> um, and I didn't necessarily recognize any of the other ones. Just the bitter herbs. I remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like I uh, my my church youth group put on a satyr mm. uh, many years back. Okay. Uh, Episcopal Church, not one of those weirdo evangelicals that kind mm-hmm. of tries to act Jewish. Um, and it, it was a very, uh, it was very open, respectful, done in conjunction with uh, one of the local synagogues. Okay. Uh, kind of things. It was very much a hey, let's learn about our uh, our fellow religious people, <laughs> uh, kind of things. Um, and I remember the bitter herbs specifically. That was mm-hmm. one of the takeaways that I had from it. Right. Um, and I, you know, I briefly, uh, briefly and very lightly, kind of restudy uh, Judaism and its trappings. Uh, now that our daughter has well, her mother converted to Judaism and she went along for the ride and <laughs> seemed to enjoy it. Seems to oh, enjoy yes. it, I should say. Uh, it is a big part of her life, so I try to at least know enough not to be insensitive and ridiculous about it. Right. Um, but that was one of the things that I remembered was that a satyr features bitter herbs in particular mm-hmm. as a, I don't even want to say ingredient, but as, as a thing. As yeah, a part it, of as it. An, I think an element is a fair an element. way yes, to say that's it. A good, yeah, yeah. An element or a feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I said satyr. And that was the correct answer. I think I would have known this one without the bitter herbs specifically because of the honey, apple, um, mm-hmm. almond combo. Um, that's another typical, especially because, you know, that suggests maybe you make a dessert that incorporates those mm-hmm. things. So okay. recipes for that kind of thing go around. Um, and so, so that left me with five on the day and I did feel like I left it all in the field. I was never getting to Mansard. (laughs) I I truly could not verify if I've ever heard of that before. So, you know, if I, it it really, even the criteria would be, have you heard this specific term or name once in your life? (laughs) And I, I really can't say (laughs) If I did or did not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that that one in particular is going to be a big uh, divider. Like, I think yeah. I think it's going to be a very large number of people who got it and won their match. Yeah. And a very, uh, very large number of people who did not and, and lose it or managed to defend around it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I put a three and a two on it mm-hmm. um, only because... My private Rundle opponent um, had a real low geography score, I think it was. Okay. Um, so I kind of uh, assigned that to Transylvania because that was such a puzzle box to try oh. to to pick out of there. Interesting. Um, I mean, it may not work out for me considering that you kind of just went, oh, that's Transylvania. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I think the Terry Pratchett in might... Yeah, I, that I, could, I have a feeling mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of tipping on that, just kind of out of nowhere. People are like, "Oh, Uberwald, yeah, that's where the vampires." Are. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of fits in with both, you know, that it's more than one uh, mm-hmm. literary reference to it, then yeah. too, which yeah, I would not of. have realized. I just thought that was, you know, kind of. Dracula. Yeah. Um, okay. 
So, I mean, still though, I'm, I'm generally happy with the five out of six. Mm-hmm. Um, got a got a good shot at the, at least a tie, I think. Although I do think three points are coming off the top, for yeah. most of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because even even people who know art don't necessarily know architecture. It's oh yeah. I, I have a feeling it might end up being a lifestyle question, hmm. which you know means roll a die. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. Yeah, I I don't know what I would put it in now that you say that. Mm. It could almost be in science, but no. Mm. Well, I guess we'll see. Yep. So I guess that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat.